Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? It's BJ Josh uh, right off the bat. Want to start the show? John, help me out. What's the name of the show again? <laughs> BJShow.co is the website, and this is the Brad and John Show. Why do I have problem with that? I'm the guy that came up with it. I'm the guy that bought the domain name. I'm the guy that built the website, and I can't say the damn thing. Who's the guy, Brad? The like the motivational guy that says, in order to master something, you need ten thousand hours. Well, you know what? There's an interesting one. I can't remember who that is. I saw something the other day, which is something is interesting, and it was an interesting statistic, that if you spent 18 minutes a day on something, on some kind of, a, like, 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 say, playing the guitar. On crack. 18 minutes a day on crack. No, no. 18 minutes a day, like, on guitar, playing the oh, drums. Okay. So, in other words, in other words, out of your day, you say you got 24 hours, okay? If you just take, essentially, one, less than one-third of one hour of your day, and yeah. you do something like play the guitar, play the drums, or something like that, at the end of the year, you will be better than 95% of the people on the planet Earth. I completely believe that. And who back to our conversation yesterday, Brad, who has the has the discipline to do something for 18 minutes a day? Well, you know, I'm trying to get into that. I got this thing called TIMD, uh, things I must do every day, T-I-M-D-E. And, oh, wow. Interesting. And I'm not very good at it, but I've got a whole list of things that. Are they health related or are they uh, professional related or, or both? You know, all I do is work. They're pretty much all work things. Like, for example, I've got a, a another new website that'll that'll appear that I'm going to start promoting as of January 1st, which is really sort of interesting. I I, I think this is either going to be and by the way, um, let, let me finish that thought. It, it could be interesting. I mean, for me, it's therapy. I mean, I, I have to be honest with you. It's for me, it's therapy. Yeah. But there there's a whole other thing. Um, we're getting some decent numbers on our website on this. I bet we are. And and what's interesting is, you know, you start something new and you, you know, you put your podcast out there and, you know, one day four people listen to it and stuff like that. Every day it grows. It's sort of interesting. So uh, anyway, uh, that is available at bjshow.co. Uh, there's two ways to get it. There's a scroll right on the front page where you can listen to every single episode. We're on, I think, 55 or 56, something like that. Uh, what we do is we take the show. We do three segments, uh, each show, A, B, and C. And then uh, I put those also in a post. So every day you can go see the post. Uh, it's right there on the front page. And if you click on the post, it'll give you a synopsis of what is in segment A, segment B, segment C. So that way you can, you know, do that kind of stuff. Anyway. And if you follow us for folks who, folks can follow us on Instagram. They can follow me on Twitter at johncombest underscore com. Brad, yesterday was the first day that that I posted a link directly to the segments now that the segments are so easy to get to, as you just mentioned. So we got a lot of click through on that, a lot of feedback on that. Interesting. Well, hopefully we'll make us some progress here. Okay, we start the show off with John doing his top three because of top three of johncombest.com. And I explain this every day, but you know what? That's one of the things of radio that you always have to assume that you're getting new listeners every day. And it's sort of like, and it's interesting. This was taught to me by a very, very, very smart, smart program director. He said that if you have a group of friends 
and they sort of have, well, remember when Jim did that? Oh, yeah, that was pretty funny. And you walk into this group, you have no idea what they're talking about. You know, For you, sure. You know, and every words- day there's people that hear our segments, whether, whether they find them on my website or whether they're listening in their car that hear us for the very first time. Right. So the idea being is I tell the story about John Combest that every day for the past, what, 22 years now? Uh, yeah. He puts up a list of the top political stories in the state of Missouri. Now, once again, it's not fancy. There's no video. There's no fancy pictures and no scrolling things, stuff like that. It's just like really bare bones. And all you do is you can go look at all the tags and you can look at all the links. And if you uh, are interested in what, uh, for example, uh, Eric Schmidt said yesterday, uh, bang, you can find a... It's a, right there. It's right there. So the t- And we start the show off with John's top three, top three stories that he believes are the top three on johncombest.com. Today, and showing, for example, from our mouths, Brad, to, to the media, the number three story today is from the Washington Missourian. And what do you know? They're covering that I-44 improvements could be on tap. Now, I say that tongue-in-cheek because yesterday we discussed this at length. Yeah, we on talked the show. about that. And momentum is building for I-44 improvements. This is all in the wake of of I-70 improvements that are that are coming this summer, a huge multi-year project to expand I-70 across Missouri. And I-44 folks along the I-44 corridor have been saying, that's great, and what about us? Momentum is building. The Missouri Farm Bureau just endorsed past a resolution calling for I-44 to be expanded, for there to be more investment on I-44. So the Missouri Farm Bureau who is a powerful force in Missouri politics is supporting it. And the quote from uh, the quote that's in the Washington Missourian story today says that MoDOT is positioning I-44 as the quote, obvious next corridor for state lawmakers to focus on. Well, you know, what's crazy about Missouri, we have so many interstates in Missouri, and people don't even realize how many interstates there are mm-hmm. in Missouri. I mean, people in the St. Louis area are familiar with, obviously, 55 and 70 and 44 and 64, but down in the southern part of the Missouri area, I was just there the other day, you have 57 that comes into uh, you know, into uh, Missouri, not for long. Um, then you have on the other side of the, 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 uh, uh, the um, uh, state, you have 35, which goes sort of southwest, northeast between Kansas City and Des Moines. You have 29 that runs between Kansas City and essentially Omaha. And then you got the new one. There was a state highway that they turned into an interstate that goes south from um, Kansas City to Joplin. I can't remember that one. And hmm, I, don't know, okay. I, I don't know if we, I, we talked about this one time before. There's a highway that runs uh, across the northern part of Missouri, Highway 36. And there are plans, I don't know how you know, firm they are, but there are plans to turn that into the extension of highway se- of Interstate 72, because 72 comes of, out of Illinois and then essentially comes across the Missouri, the Mississippi River in the, in, in the, in the Hannibal area. And supposedly, uh, they are going to uh, look at possibly taking 36 and making it another interstate uh, as 72, all the way across the Missouri, uh, the northern part of Missouri from uh, Hannibal to St. Joe. Which is like, man, we've got some interstates, but yet we're not really the transportation hub, which is sort of sad. Yeah. 
you know. But. So that's the number three story today, I-44 expansion. The number two story comes to us from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and it's something that happens pretty much at, at the end of every governor's term. Staff begins to leave. They're looking for greener pastures. They don't want to be the last person out the door looking for a job. And Governor Parsons, legislative budget director, so someone who's guided – the, the governor's administration as it relates to budget over the last few years, at least since I think Alex came on in 2021. His name's Alex Tuttle, and he's leaving the governor's office to start his own lobbying firm. The interesting thing about these stories is this story was written by a Post-Dispatch reporter named Kurt Erickson. The stories, if you read between the lines, are dripping, seem to be dripping with, con- with contempt. Reporters absolutely hate it when somebody leaves a government job and might go somewhere with the potential of making a lot more money. And reporters talk about the revolving door and they talk about they'll, they'll tie in anybody else who's already left the administration for a lobbying job. It, you would think that it could be a feel-good story. Hey, someone served in government for a few years, now they're leaving, have the potential to have a lucrative career lobbying. But coming from a traditional reporter, it's not going to be so positive. So you don't like you Mr. can find that story. Once again, if you don't want to pay the Post Dispatch subscription fee, go to johncombest.com, and I include a very special link that gets you around the Post Dispatch paywall. So you're telling me you don't like Mr. Erickson is what you're telling me. I'm sorry, Brett. I said so. You're telling me you don't like Mr. Erickson. That's what you're telling no, me. No, I didn't say that at all. I think you know he's a veteran content creator, um, and. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for somebody who's been around a long time and, and, and done a lot of work, I guess. You know, you just said something interesting. Is he a reporter or is he a content creator? <laughs> you know, I think probably when he started his career, I think it'd probably be, you know, I'm not familiar with his work decades. I'm, I'm, I think he's entering the, the sunset of his career, I would say. Um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I don't know a whole lot about him. I remember welcoming him into the Missouri Press Corps when he joined, I sent him a jovial tweet. He was fine. From what I heard, well, I don't know. Anyway, but I, uh, he might be approaching the sunset of his career. And, you know, you could, you could kind of pick up when people get a little cranky about stuff. Um, maybe they're ready to just hang it up. And we all have an expiration date, don't we, Brad? No, we don't. <laughs> we don't. You, we just keep you're going. You're never retiring. And, and <laughs> oh. for folks who don't know, Brad's theory is retirement equals death. That's right. And it's true. You th- you look at a lot of people who've retired, and they lose their will to live, and before long, they're they're uh, pushing up daisies. Just remember one thing. Old radio people never die. We just smell that way. <laughs> well done, Brad. <laughs> okay. Well done. The number one story today comes to us from St. Louis Public Radio, which is an amazingly factual piece today. That's because it's probably only a couple hundred words. Missouri has applied for and will be getting a grant from USDA to help livestock farmers in Missouri. Uh, So you, you could think of them as Missouri's cowboys survive droughts and floods. So it's some money that will help. The state gets to decide how it will administer this money. It will be, uh, let me see here, $6 million. And it will help Missouri farmers do things like irrigation planning, plant some things like cover crops, which which keeps soil in place so there's not as much erosion. It's it's a chunk of money from the federal government that the state can decide how how it, they can help farmers conserve water. You so know, usually on my website, if there's a story that focuses on federal issues like Josh Hawley, Eric Schmidt, Corey Bush, 
or something involving a federal agency. I usually put that at the top. I put the federal stuff at the top. Folks can get through that and then get down to the state stuff. You, so those are the top three stories today. Well, you know, I listen to a lot of different radio stations, and mm -hmm. there's a national company. I think it's called Good Ranchers, and the advertisement talks about the fact that a good majority of the beef we eat in the United States right now is not from the United States. It's imported. Yes, I'm thinking, how is that? You know, and 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 essentially, what apparently good farmers is is like a cooperative of a bunch of American ranchers or good ranchers. I can't remember the name of it. Isn't it terrible? I should remember that. Um, a, a cooperative of a bunch of the ranchers who have gotten together and essentially are doing their own thing as far as processing the beef and stuff like that. Uh, but I'm thinking to myself, you know, it always amazes me that you think a lot of the stuff we buy right now is from China. Okay. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, the the attraction for Chinese-made goods is that they are extremely cheap. Sometimes, yep. if you ever see this this site called Timu, you know what Timu is? T E M U. Oh yeah, Timu is like it's their version of Amazon, right? Right, but it's things like you know, like hey, here's a air compressor that normally would be one hundred ninety nine dollars. Now it's eight dollars, and you go like, no, hold mm -hmm. on a minute now. But when you think about it, they manufacture it, they put it on a ship. It comes across halfway across the world, then they take it off a ship, and like for us being in the middle of the country, it goes on a truck, and it goes to a store, and you're going like, how in the world do they make any money? I mean, yeah. you know, what must the cost of that product, like the stuff you buy at Walmart, which is, you know, most of the things, you know, they always talk about, you know, the low price, that kind of stuff. How much is Walmart paying, you know? I mean, like, yeah, for well, but you also think that the, the the companies in China are state subsidized, like, and, and and you have no visibility into how much into real economic data from China. So when China when China reports their GDP or China reports their economic issues, it's all BS. It's just a matter of are they consistent with the BS? Right. I guess. Okay. I have to do something because of the fact that this is sort of bothering me that we tried to call Mr. McCluskey yesterday, and he's in the news again today. He's like a big, hot news story. And um, my phone system is not functioning properly. At least it didn't yesterday. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to not call him. I'm just going to do a test call, and I'm not going to tell you who it is. And we're just going to have some fun and see if this works. Okay, and let me see if I can pot this up. And it should, there it's, okay, it's, I, see, this is the problem. We can hear the caller, but the caller can't hear me. Let's see what happens here. You have reached the voicemail of Shelly Barr. Uh, she's not going to. marketing manager for KSL. Oh, you know what? I'm going to call right back. Hold on, she's, she's calling me right back. Hold on, no, no. hold on a minute. Here's the here's the situation. Hey, I'm calling you on the other phone. Answer the phone, okay? Okay, bye. Bye. Okay. <laughs> I recognize that voice. Right. I have another phone. What? That's what I'm doing. I'm testing another phone to see if it might be my one phone that is getting funky on me. It's the phone I just called. No, 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 no. Okay. Do you hear me? You don't hear me, do you? Are you there? Yeah, damn it! This is driving me nuts. Phone. What's that? Are you there? She 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 can't hear me. She can't hear me. Brad, <sighs> this is actually sort of funny. 
Hello? Shall- hey, it happens, Brad. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Shelly, I'm trying to trying the phone system, but you, yeah, but it won't work on the air. I, I just wanted to see. I tried a different phone. It's a long story. So okay, I, that's all I needed. What's that? You're sort of talking on the air right now, but people can't hear you real well because the phone's not set up right. It's a long, stupid story. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye, John. Bye, Jesus. Okay. What a wonderful human being. I love Shelly. My my engineering expertise is slowly diminishing because I can't get this stupid phone to work right. Okay. Okay. I have to ask you a question. Yeah. Have you followed this bizarre story about the cops that ran into the gay bar? Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. It's a LGBTQIA plus bar, Brad. So let's, <laughs> let's start with the right nomenclature. Okay. Excuse me. Um, do you know what's going on with this? You know, I, I've, I've seen a lot of hubbub about this. Do you want to recap it for folks who aren't aware? Well, okay. Was Sometime last week, wasn't it last week? Yeah, I think it was maybe, maybe a week, 10 days ago, something like that. A St. Louis City police cruiser, I guess, mostly they're using SUVs now, so I don't know what it was. It was either like, you know, a car, a squad car, or police, police SUV, which is what most of the departments have gone to. Uh, was driving someplace in the city. Was it in South City? Was that where it was? Uh, I it was in the city, Brad. It's it's all it, it all runs together for me. Okay. I would say it was South City. Okay. Long story made short. They're driving along for some reason. They claim the police officer was distracted by his police radio. Right. I and, have a theory on that that we can get to. But go ahead. And he smashed into. And ended up inside the LGBTQIA bar, correct? Wasn't that the story? That's correct. That's exactly what happened. Okay. And, and hilarity did not ensue. <laughs> right. <laughs> so a fight apparently ensued between one of the police officers and the manager or the owner of the bar. And apparently... And his partner. And his partner. And there were apparently some, what I understand, some chest bumping that went on, and then apparently some fisticuffs, correct? Isn't that what the story That's is? correct. And it's important to note that this happened, was it around 3 a.m.? It was at a time where there were no patrons in the bar. Right, right. And and the interesting, there's a couple weird parts of the story is the police officer was a probationary officer, and his ride-along partner was also a probationary officer. Correct. Now, yeah. if you watch any of the TV shows... Typically, you have, and you've heard this term before in some of the police shows, if you have a rookie cop, they're teamed up with a TO, a training officer. And that's not necessarily the, the term they use in all the departments. But if you watch, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Bosch. Have you watched the Bosch series? I haven't, no. Okay, the Bosch, that's, that's what they call it. Apparently, in LAPD, that's what they call them, the TO, the training officer. So in other words, if you're, and, and the, the rookie is called, at least in LA, they're called a boot so in order, if you're a rookie cop, you're a boot, and you're teamed up with a training officer. So why are two probationary police officers teamed up? Now, I've heard this discussed on other stations, and the answer I've heard is that the police department is so short on people, and they have so few training officers that they're essentially letting probationary officers team up. Yeah, well, I mean, mathematically, that makes sense. And I know we're up against time right now, but, but, you know, I I have some theories on what happened here, and I think there's some legitimate news sources out there about what's going on, and then there's some uh, non-reputable sources about what's going on. Let's carry that over to the next segment, okay? And and because of the fact that I find it 
I'm going like, okay. And now what the interesting part of this is that nobody was killed. I don't think right. anybody was even hurt, were they? I mean, no, other than the fight that I broke think out. There, I think there was some ego injuries and some and some hurt feelings among the bar owners and his partner. And But the problem for me this is, why does this story get all this press, but yet when, you know, another two or three people get shot in North City and killed, nobody cares about that anymore. Right. You know, we hey, can talk about that. That's just every single day. You know, that's, that's, that's normal life in the city. I don't understand the whole thing. Okay, so John's going to try to unwind this story for us. Uh, we'll take a break, and we'll be back. It's 721.